Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Crimson's Gambit. Um, on today's episode, we're going to catch up a little bit with you guys, and we're also going to talk about high school and working during high school, and like the balancing act of working and attending high school. It's it's a hard task getting to Declan. I would say it's actually a lot harder than most people would think. Most right. people think, oh, you just go to school, do your job, come home. But there's really a lot more to go into that, especially when you consider... Uh, extracurriculars and just being independent for the first time in your life as most high schoolers are when they finally get a job right it's it's a big step especially I mean just coming from middle school and then you get into high school for a couple years and then you're just thrown into the job and you're working with like full-grown adults and it's just it's a whole different environment yeah you're told to start filling out you know tax forms you have to go get an interview you have to prepare yourself you have to find out how you're going to get a uniform if there's not already a set uniform by the company that they give you you have to make sure that you're on time so that you don't get fired from your first job you're really held up to a higher standard than you normally would be yeah, and it's it's a big transition going from the the normal typical high school student standard to maybe like a, a full grown adult standard type of deal. Um, before we get started with that, though, I would like to catch up with you, Declan. Uh, what what have you been up to? Well, uh, I think since our last episode, I went and had a nice fall fall break. <laughs> Sorry, right? <laughs> and we went. I went up to uh, Georgetown and visited my dad and my other family that I don't see that often so that was a good experience we had some good food made some good memories Uh, I got to see a lot of them that I normally don't get to at a dinner and it was really good Uh, after that I pretty much just focused on uh, you know being successful I'm trying to prepare myself for a lot of things this year you know scholarships uh, FAFSA making sure that I can get into a good college making sure that my future is prepared and I'm not waiting till the last minute I signed up for the ACT again. That's going to be on December 12th for me. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really cool, but it's going to be a little tiring because December 11th, the day before, I have two Allstate auditions oh, no. in Elizabethtown. Where are you taking your ACT? At Ballard Memorial High School. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Elizabethtown the day before an audition, and I have to be there all day long because I'm doing a classical and a jazz audition. Wow. So that's going to be a, a little bit of a stressful well, time. What time uh, in the morning is it? I have no idea. I think it's noon. Oh, okay. So you'll be able to get a little bit of sleep. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And then uh, recently I went to a big competition for the Super Regional Band of America competition. That was held in two separate locations. One was in Indiana at Lucas Oil Stadium, and the other one, the one I went to with my own McCracken mar- marching band, we went to uh, Lucas – no, not Lucas Oil Stadium. We went to St. Louis, yeah, wow. and we went to the Dome – and that was a crazy experience. I had to show up at the school at like 2.30 just so we could leave on time. Wow. 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so I I, Jeez. Be- I thought maybe I get? wouldn't even get any sleep. But I ended up falling asleep around 10 just because I was so tired. Mm. And okay. then, so I got like four hours of sleep. That's not bad. And then two hours of sleep on the way there. That works. So that was all right. Once we got there, that's when the fun began. Ooh. Because... I'm in a sax ensemble for our show. So we had to get uh, the stage prepped up and inside the dome so that we could perform. But they weren't ready, so there was almost no employees in the entire place. And Mr. Lovell decided, you know what? We're going to go ahead and start warming up. And nobody told us where to warm up. So a couple (laughs) of the saxes and myself, we all go into the stadium. We make our way in there with the stage. As soon as we go to leave, we can't find the band. 
They <sighs> left and went to warm-ups without us. Wow. So we get lost in the dome by ourselves. Like <laughs> It's like five high schoolers, no adults, okay. strangers everywhere, and no one can tell us where to go. <laughs> and we're just walking all through the dome. This is at like 6 in the morning. And it, it was honestly kind of weird, though, because there were some sketchy things. We'd walk in the hallway, and suddenly there'd just be a random tricycle in the hallway. How creepy okay. is that? <laughs> we ended up taking a bathroom break, and, of course, we had our saxes because we, we didn't know what to expect. So we just put them on, like, the baby bench and took a picture of that. That was awesome. <laughs> That's funny. And then uh, we finally talked to some employees, and they're like, you know what? Just go outside since we don't know who you belong to, even though you have wristbands. Go find your band outside. Good luck. Bye. <laughs> so we walked outside, and we just walked and walked and walked, and we finally found them, warmed up, performed. Probably one of the best performances that we've done. Good. And it was it was honestly a life-changing experience. And then really? we just watched bands, like professional groups, from all the way to Texas the rest of the day. And we went to a mall for lunch, and that mall was like four stories tall. Oh, wow. It was enormous. That's awesome. I had some of the fanciest food I've eaten in my life. Did you like performing more or watching the other bands more? I liked watching more because that gave us more of a benefit. Right. You know, we were just performing so that we could be there to watch. Oh, okay. Because the other groups there, first off, in McCracken County, our marching band only has so many people in it. Of the people that are in it, I would say that about 60% or more are freshmen. Wow. Freshmen or sophomores, and because of COVID, they've never seen a proper group. Wow. They don't know what to look up to. <laughs> so we took them to this, so that way they could actually experience how it's supposed to be done. Right. And I think everybody else got a proper standard set for them. That's They're really, really inspired idea. from that. Oh, that'll help them a lot, I'm sure. I think it'll also help parents' budget. Mm. What do you mean by that? Like, Well... You know, we only have so much money that comes in every year from fundraising and calendars and just donations in general. But other bands, like the bands that we watched, they have constant money flowing in all the time. They have easily over a million dollar budget every year. They put so much money. Wow. My director said that uh, one of their props would probably be more than our entire show and the amount of, of finances that we put in towards our staff. And wow. our uniforms, everything. Huh. And they all get new uniforms every year. So y'all are balling on a budget. We are balling on a budget. <laughs> y'all have been, I mean, y'all have been doing great over the years. Like, easily. Yeah, so With that was a really what you guys experience. have been dealt. Like, you guys have been doing great. Our school is also very young compared to them. Oh, that's true. We're only like seven, eight years old. How old are we? Yeah, something like that. McCracken's not that old. Right. However, you take these Texas schools, you take Broken Arrow, they're... They're up there. They've had time to build their status. They've had time to build their appreciation and understanding. So we have to age a little bit here, McCracken. I agree with that. Yeah, we are a very young school. What was it, 2013? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, but this week has been very busy for me. I had a concert on Tuesday, BOA on Saturday. I had a concert last night, oh, and I have go? a concert tonight. Oh. And I have all-state auditions tomorrow for choir. Wow. So it's been very busy, but I've just been preparing for it all. So I think I'm ready. It's not a challenge for me. Yeah. At this point, I mean, you've been preparing for so long. Do you, um, so what performance is tonight? Uh, We have a a band, a band concert for Halloween tonight. Oh yes. In the auditorium. That'll be at seven o'clock. Okay. 
Not that any of you are going to hear this by the time <laughs> that you need to see that. But 7 o'clock, I mean. That'll be that'll be a fun experience tonight. Is it like Halloween themed or something? Yes, there's going to be inflatables, like ghosts and skeleton inflatables. Candy. We're all going to wear, there's going to be candy okay. for sure. Okay, We're all going to wear our Halloween costumes. So uh, I'm going to go as peanut butter and jelly. So y'all going to perform? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to perform. There's going to be six groups, maybe. Like three main ensembles and then a whole bunch of side groups. That'll be awesome. There's going to be jazz, you know, uh, sax choirs, clarinet choirs, all kinds of stuff like that. And, of course, the everyday classes that we prepare. And is this uh, a free event, or do you have to pay a couple dollars to get in, fundraise some money? I think it is... Um, they have online tickets. Oh, okay. I think it's like five dollars. Yeah, see that stuff like that's a good fundraising opportunity for you guys. Like, <laughs> I saw um, a couple years ago you were selling mattresses. Yes. I see a lot of bands do that. Is there any reason specifically mattresses? Well, mattresses for some reason they are very easy at convincing people. Hmm. You know, you wouldn't think it because so many everybody has a bed. Right. It's a big purchase too. But. The mattresses provide people with good deals. So they're like, oh, you get this one, you get this one free. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. Or they come with sets. They come with, like, comforter sets, stuff like that. Or people just want to exchange their their beds because they're so old. Right. A lot of people have beds that have been handed down to them from their families, and they just need new stuff. Right. So people use that opportunity, and that benefits us at the same time, so why not? Yeah, you're supporting the band. I mean, why not? Like, you're getting a mattress, and you're supporting maybe what your child's into, or your child's friend, or something like that. Or a lot of people would come to uh, the school for it. Most people don't really appreciate looking for mattresses on their own going into a mattress firm. Right. But when it's inside of a high school gym. With high schoolers selling it and pitching it to you, like, (laughs) it's a big difference. There's a picture of Mr. Lovell even in a mattress. Like, they took all the (laughs) stuffing out, cut some holes in it. He's wearing a mattress in it. It's great. That's awesome. People have to be wanting to come see something like that. But that was that's (laughs) awesome. So we fundraise all the time. We do, like, calendar fundraisers. Um, I think we do maybe three or four throughout the year, we started transitioning into online stuff. Right. So a lot of people like to make donations out for magazine subscriptions and oh. just orders like that. Okay. Because I remember uh, in like elementary school, we used to sell those candy bars and those little boxes and stuff. So, I mean, mattresses now, that that's funny. It's a, it's I wish different. we could do that, though. Yeah. The choir still does that, but... There's not as many people in choir. The reason why we switched is because, you know, band, there's so many people in it that it'd be hard to keep track of it all. Right. It'd be hard to deliver to all the customers. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people wouldn't want to come after school and take crates and crates of chocolate bars. No. It's easier to do in a choir when there's only so many people. True. I did I did some of that myself, too, this year. So I didn't think about that. Just the amount of people. I mean it all. <laughs> what about you? What have you been up to? So, recently, let's see, it's October 25th today, it's a Monday, and recently, no, uh, before fall break, I was working uh, more at my job at Kohl's. Um, Recently, I haven't been working as much there, but I have been, uh, I have found another source of income, so I enjoyed taking photos, I've, I've been into this for almost a year now, and just taking photos of people and everything, like, around me, and... 
I started networking with people, getting in touch with people. Um, a couple months ago, I was like, hey, I'll do some free photo shoots for you guys. Like, just give me a time, date, tell me where to meet you. Like, we'll do some free photo shoots. And when you start free, you give people something they actually kind of like that's actually pretty good for free. Then they'll go, they'll share it maybe on Instagram, tag me in it. That's all I ask for. It's like, hey, just give me a tag. I won't charge you any money. Just give me a tag. You gain followers. I think I went from 60 followers to 220 in a couple months on Instagram for my photo account. And that's from also taking photos at the football games and um, other school events like that. And you just grow an audience and a network and then people start actually wanting to pay you. So then I started offering senior photo shoots, started offering them at like $40. Like, hey, give me 40 bucks. I'll come and take some really good photos of you. And I'm really good to work with because I'm a high school senior, just like you. Um, We're on pretty much the same schedule. I can work with you really well and I can give you good quality photos at $40 because I get to use our high school media arts like equipment. So I get to use like um, my Nikon D850. That's a full frame camera. It's about $4,000 and I get to use very nice lenses that I I wouldn't be able to use this equipment on my own. Right. That's very expensive. (laughs) Right. I, I can't go out and buy this camera and use it to take these photos. And it's really good that I get this opportunity to, right. I can, uh, take these really good photos of the games and I can take photos of people as well and make money for myself. So I haven't been working, uh, as much at Kohl's recently, which honestly isn't much of a bad thing because I'm running my own little business now. I think this is, I like being my own boss more than anything. Right. Um, because I can work with myself. I know myself better than anybody else. Hashtag entrepreneur. Right. And I, I will have an episode where we talk to some entrepreneurs and get some information on that. Um, but I'm working with that. And I've been taking a lot of senior photos. I've been getting paid for that. And I've enjoyed it. It's been a very good experience. I've learned a lot in the past couple of months with photography that I wouldn't have even thought of. Like, you just it's the little details. They all add up. And then you end up... Looking at my photos from about four months ago until like today, there's there's a very big difference in the way I edit and the way I compose my shots. Just to know, I know kind of what looked good, like what looks good and what people would want. Of course, I talk to the people, you know, hey, what do you want this shot to look like? What do you want to look like in this shot? Every time I take a shot, I'll like show them what they look like so they can <clears throat> uh, change their like their face or something. Because when you're posing for photos, it's a lot harder than you think. Because you have to make a certain facial expression. You have to do something with your arms. You also just don't know what you look like until it's already been done. Exactly. So that's one of the tough things. Um, You don't have a mirror. Right. (laughs) I'm just there taking photos of you. So I really like showing people what they look. Because they'll be like, oh, that looks weird. Or they'll point out something that I didn't notice a lot of the times. Like maybe a girl's shirt will come up a little bit and they're showing a little bit of skin. I didn't notice that, you know. I was looking at your face, you know, I'm all focused on that. But you have to look further than the face, right? You have to look at your background. That's a big thing. You have to focus on that. And you also have to focus, like, your entire subject and your just your whole picture. But getting off the face and, like, you have to look at other parts of your photo, I think that's helped me a lot, just uh, getting off one subject and one thing in the photos. Um, so I've worked on that, and now uh, senior photo season is almost over. And I'm trying to find other options, other things to take photos of, because there is, you can take photos of almost anything, of course. And I think 
there's a lot of money in it. You could also frame some things. If you take really good photos, you could bother framing them and selling it. Right. And I, that's what I've been telling some people. I said, hey, if you really want something printed out, let me know and I can frame it for you and just do something like that. Uh, make a couple dollars even off of that. Um, but now I'm trying to position myself in a way I can make money not just doing senior photos, maybe take some photos of businesses. I've been trying to get in touch with some businesses. Hey, I'll take some free shots of your business, your products, whatever you like. Just maybe if someone asks, let them know that I did it, right? And tell them <laughs> I'm, I'm good to work with, stuff like that. And just start re-networking because I've networked with everybody that needs senior photos, right? Everyone, Most people know that, hey, I, I do senior photos. I'm pretty okay to work with. Now I have to do that with businesses. And I'm starting downtown because I'm downtown taking photos a lot. I can just talk to business owners downtown, work with them, get my name out there. I, I met some other photographers taking senior photos the same time I have and just meet them and talk to them. Um, That's how you really grow yourself, too. Right, yeah. It's it's helped me a lot, like with growing myself and like my social uh, anxiety and stuff. And just it lowers that as well. And it makes it easier to talk to people. Yeah, that happens to me all the time from honor bands and stuff like that. I'll go to uh, auditions and once I get in, I'll have to participate in this group and I meet people from all over. Right. So those people I build relationships with and get my name out there mm-hmm. and people really understand. And that gets you places. and have the same passions as me. So that really is a mutual trade. Yeah, and it's it's been a fun experience the past few months. I've learned so much, and I've grown so much as a person. Um, so now that's what I'm trying to do, reposition myself and take some photos of businesses rather than just seniors and stuff. Sometimes the best forms of currency are not tangible. Yes, I agree. Okay. Let's start about, uh, let's talk about where we began in our own experiences. Right. So um, high school, first job, right? Okay, start off, junior year, uh, everybody around me had a job, right? A lot of my friends are working, a lot of my friends are buying stuff with their own money, and I thought, well, I kind of want to do that. I want to buy my own things, because I don't really like asking other people for money. It's just one of those things I don't like doing. I don't like saying, hey, mom, can you give me 20 bucks for gas or something? I don't like doing that. I kind of like being on my own as much as I can. Um, So... I realized I needed some money and I needed to get out of the house because let's see, this was August of 2020. So we were still in a uh, quarantine. We couldn't, we were in uh, online school. We were just transitioning to AB finally. So in person school, two days a week. And I was starting to get uh, really tired of being in the house every day, working on virtual work. So I was looking for places hiring in Paducah and I knew I didn't want to work uh, in fast food because everyone told me that's not a good idea, right? And I trust a lot of my friends. That I would hate working in fast food. Right. And Daniel, the other person I interviewed on this, um, he worked at Culver's, and he had a very interesting experience with that. <laughs> but um, I applied to a retail store. I applied to Kohl's, and they got back to me very quickly. And we just went off from there. Um, but the interview, actually, one notable thing, they called me a week early for my phone interview, and I was in the shower. He was like, hey, are you ready for your phone interview? I was like, no, um, this is the wrong day. Like, I'm in the shower right now. Can you give me a Can you give me a few minutes? Um, so I was like, no, can we do it the day I was scheduled? He was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. 
that was a really odd shower. I was in the shower. You know how um, shower thoughts. You know how those go. And I was regretting. I was like, oh, I should have should have taken the interview. Now he's not gonna call me back or something. But I was I was just kind of freaking out at the moment because that had never happened to me. And they called me on the wrong time. Like that was their right. fault. I was just worrying about it. One time I got a call in the shower from Mr. Rathgaber, chemistry <laughs> teacher from here, calling to tell me that I left my MacBook in his desk oh. when he was leaving to go to Africa and cleaning out his room. He found it. He's like, so uh, are you anywhere nearby the school by the chance? Because I have your MacBook. You're like, I'm oh, like, I might need that. Joke's on you. I'm naked. But, <laughs> <laughs> so that was really awkward. And it got... <laughs> It got even worse when I when I met him a couple weeks later by oh, by no. coincidence because <laughs> we go to the same church at the time. So oh, I went no. to the church just so I could rehearse with my group. Right. And he's there for a going away party. And the last thing I said to him was, "Jokes on you, I'm naked." <sighs> so uh, that was a little awkward. <laughs> but uh, so. it is what it is. Shower thoughts. You've had a couple jobs, right, Declan? Yeah, I started out at uh, Rafferty's. Okay. And that was just an experience that I could do because I was I didn't know what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. I just knew that I needed money and that I didn't want to work with fast food. When did you start? Like, what date? I started in oh. August, right before COVID. So, so 2019? We, we, yeah, we started hearing about the COVID stuff in that November. Oh, okay. So okay. it was right before it. Oh, okay. I got this job because a kid in the band was like, hey, I can get you this job. Just fill out the application. I guarantee you this this spot. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even care what the job is at this point. Let's go. Yeah. And I ended up being a greeter at Rafferty's. So I just had the responsibilities of taking people to their seats and telling them what's on the menu, making sure that they had all their drinks ready. And I was, of course, bussing tables at the same time. Okay. I was trying to distribute people evenly to all the waiters and waitresses. And that is a lot harder than you would think. Oh, I bet. Because, <laughs> you know, some waitresses, they'll be ready for their table. They're like, come on, I need, I need more people to come in. But their tables are only designed for, like, the really big groups. Oh. They have the big tables for, like, ten people. And groups of people that are no bigger than two will come in. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit them at a table for ten. I was listening to something the other day, and they mentioned just how many people, like, one person, say, if I'm going into a restaurant like that, just how many people I have to go through and how many people I have to, like, how many people it takes for me to get sat down get my food and check out and leave like there's so many people i have to go through in a restaurant like that like it's it's different than any other like work environment yeah you'd be surprised how many steps it actually takes because you don't really think about it as a customer right you're just like oh i have to do this Bye. Mm-hmm. but when you're actually in the workforce and you can see how that process takes place it's really interesting honestly and it really provided me a great insight on how the real world world works but there were still a lot of challenges with it, and the only reason that I even got it was just so that I could have gas, just like you. So, because I was a band kid, so I needed to get to places right. all the time, and I couldn't rely on my parents to take me. And you know, I used to live with Caleb McIntosh and his family, right. but because they moved to Metropolis, I couldn't rely on them either. So I had to really start making mm-hmm. sure that I could support myself in some fashion, and that happened to be in the fashion of transportation. How was I going to transport myself without any money? Right. I didn't want to beg my mom all the time. That was part of me getting to have my own car. Okay. So. Were there any good perks of working there? 
I'd say the good perks were getting a decent paycheck, learning how to really communicate with people, especially strangers, because I had a lot of social anxiety. I didn't really know how to talk to people properly. I didn't really know proper manners. I didn't know how to cooperate with people the way that I should as an employee, Mm -hmm. because I've always been the person that cooperates with an employee, not on the other side of the table. Right. So now I've I've really understood how to use my capabilities and skills and actually put them to the test. When I talked to Daniel, he mentioned that everyone in high school should have one terrible job. What do you think? Like, do you think that was a terrible job? Is that the terrible job you needed? I don't think that it was a terrible job. Honestly, it was it was all right. They worked around my schedule for the most part as long as I told them in advance. Right. You know, and and I really understood when they weren't relaxed about it because they just needed my help. They didn't have a choice. So I would be there for them. I would stay over for them sometimes. Um, I really do think, though, that because I was lower on the food chain, you know, just being a greeter, I wasn't like a waitress or anybody. Because of that, it didn't benefit me a lot. And a lot of the employees looked down on me for that because I'm just a kid. At the time, I was 16. Right. So I was like the youngest person in there Mm -hmm. because of that. People are like, oh, so it doesn't matter if I don't treat him like a decent person. That's that sucks. That sucked. But really, other than that, it was a pretty good experience. Okay. However, I still quit because uh, we were going into quarantine and I couldn't really work at all in the first place because people couldn't come inside. Right. And I wasn't just going to wait for it to be done because who knows how long it was going to be. When did you quit? I ended up quitting, um, like, Christmas, right in there. Like, right on the new year is oh, when okay. I quit. Okay. I didn't work a very long time there, but I worked long enough and I had enough hours when I did work there to learn what I needed to learn and benefit what I needed to get from that job. I think having that customer service job really benefits you because you constantly meet new people. You have a certain set, like, a certain way of meeting new people in a way of kindness and you're just forced to, you know, be nice to everybody. And that kind of stays with you. If you're not, they can hold it over your head. Right. So you're always going to be nice to somebody and that's just a good trait to have like with you. I made one mistake once for uh, a couple of regular people that show up like every week on the same day Uh and they want to be in the same table, but I didn't know that. So I didn't, seat them in the table that they wanted and their instinct was to tell me that I don't know how to do my job and they called my manager there and he didn't answer they're like which manager's on the floor right now go get me them and they like tried to throw throw it all on me and then I knew I was ready to quit because my manager came up to them and threw it all on me he's like oh he just doesn't know anything he's stupid and doesn't know what to do that's very disrespectful. When the mistake was entirely on them, and I have proof of it. See, there's a way of customer service where you can handle that and also not insult one of your employees as well, right? You can handle that situation and be like, oh, sorry. You know, he. you could formulate that in a very nice manner, the way that both people are treated well. You could be like, well, you know, he's, he doesn't know. He's just started. Like, he's he doesn't know every customer. Like, that's insane that you guys think everybody should know that. Um, so you've had another job, right? Yeah. A couple months later after quarantine really got through, I started working at Atomic City. 
And that is, for those of you who don't know, a family fun center for everybody who is welcome. So, yeah, in Paducah, we've never really had anything like that in the years past, right? right? The closest thing that we've had is Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. So, Paducah, you know, life, we don't have anything super fun going on in Paducah. I mean, we have a lot of restaurants. We have a lot of art forms, it. but we don't yes. really have a lot of entertainment for all age groups. Right. Art Especially children. Food. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, why did you apply to Atomic City? I mainly just applied for a summer job. I knew I needed some cash throughout the summer so that I could support myself then, right. still transport myself. And I also wanted to work there because I didn't really know what to expect. And I knew that a lot of my friends worked there. Oh, okay. I knew that Devin Newman was working there. Mm-hmm. I knew that Caleb McIntosh was working there. I right. knew that a lot of people that I would be comfortable with would be there. A lot of people of my age group. See, that's a really good feeling going into a job, just yeah. that familiarity. There's not a whole lot of jobs where you can basically only work with people in your age group. Mm. So because I worked at a spot that had so many people that are all in high school except for the managers, I really got to know everybody. Everybody was cool. Everybody understood me and the other way around. Okay. So that was different from Rafferty's where your manager was like, he's stupid, whatever. And you said the coworkers, you know, kind of like dissed you. Yeah. Right. That kind of sucked. <laughs> But when I switched over to Atomic, it was a whole different world. Really? I built a whole lot of different relationships. Everybody was family almost. I mean, there was still a lot of a lot more drama because you're dealing with high school kids, so it can't be perfect. Right. And it's a and family fun center. Everybody's on social media. Everybody's on social media. Right. So ended up everybody ended up making group chats and involving people and talking about people behind their backs and stuff like that. It was pretty immature. But it was also a really good experience. I think the best part about that job was that you got rotated. You didn't have one thing to do. Like, you don't just be a cashier. You don't just do um, concessions. No. The whole thing, you're always switching. You could be a cashier one time, one for like an hour. And then they switch you around. You're suddenly running tickets at uh, bumper cars or go-karts or laser tag or mini golf. You're always at a different thing. You have different responsibilities at every single job that you're at. That's really cool because when I work one, say, like, registers, right, one thing Coles has been good with me because I'm trained on about everything we have. You can either, like, work in the registers, maybe you can work in the back customer service, do those returns, or you could work on the floor, tidying up the floor, like, online pickup and, like, work the online orders. So you can – there's many places you could be, and I think they do a good job of moving you around. Because I ask for that, right? If they're going to put me in one spot, I'll just quit. Because um, <laughs> I don't need the money. Um, but I think that's a big thing with like having a... like. It's a good job, right? You can move around. You're doing something different every day. Yeah, you're I, constantly I like entertained. Right. And I think that's the... If you're not constantly entertained, you're always bored. I think that's... Because say uh, 5 to 9 shift. 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., right? Those shifts seem like they last forever yeah i could not have an office job no oh no oh no like the four hour shifts um especially at night when there's nobody coming in awful because there's nothing to do right except if you're working like the fitting room some lady uh will come in there and try on 50 pairs of clothes and throw it in the corner in a ball and you have to dissect everything and it it's an awful experience every time i see that i just want (laughs) to 
closed down the fitting rooms again. Like we, uh, the fitting rooms are closed during COVID, and everyone was like, all the customers were upset, but all the workers were like, yeah, this is a great idea. And I wasn't sure why, because I hadn't worked retail before COVID. Now I understood why the fitting rooms being closed was actually super nice, because people go in there, try on everything that they, stuff they don't even want to buy, just try it on and just throw it on the floor for us to pick up. It's it's a mess, because we can't, when you're working the fitting rooms and clearing everything out, you can't work on the floor and fold clothes and make it all look tidy, because you're focused on getting stuff from the fitting room back on the floor. So it, it just slows everything else down. Uh, what about some experiences that you could have had? Okay, so I've had a lot of crazy experiences at work from people walking in with, like, very weird pets. Like, there's this guy um, comes in Padukis with his wife, usually, and he has this monkey. <laughs> like a capucha monkey? I Listen, I don't know what a capucha monkey is. It's the monkey that normally sits on your shoulder. Oh, it might be a capucha monkey. It's pretty small. I'll show okay. you a picture. Yeah, show me a picture as I'm talking. Capucha. Um, but he has this monkey, <laughs> and that monkey usually comes in, and it's just, that looks like, yeah, that looks like the monkey that's on his shoulder, a capuchin monkey. Um, But no, he'll have a monkey that'll come in, and he'll just <laughs> act like it's not there. Everybody will be like, oh my gosh, can I get a picture with it? Like, oh my God. I, I think it's funny. I'm just like, See, some of the other people that work there will get upset. Why are they bringing a monkey in our store? I'm like, it's just just sitting on a shoulder. It usually wears a diaper, right? It's, yeah. it's not peeing anywhere. That's pretty sanitary. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And it's just it's just hanging out. Another um, experiences I've had, not the best experience, maybe with like scheduling and stuff during when I first started working, I felt very disrespected. Uh, I'd put in a lot of effort and just telling them hey because when I first started I was barely getting like more than four hours a week and I was like listen I cannot work getting $30 a week like if I'm gonna work like work me at least like and that they wouldn't fix that they I think the consistency right they'd have one week I'd work 20 hours cool one week I'd work 25 hours cool whatever that works maybe bring it down to around 20 again and then I'll have one week I work four and it's like, I, that's not consistent enough for anything, right? You cannot, because if the managers and the owner got paid that inconsistent amount, they couldn't, like, that'd mess up their whole <laughs> everything, right? For me, I don't have to make any, like, a house or car payment or anything. So it's not really affecting me as much as it would them, because I'm still in high school. I'm not making too many payments. Um, but... The inconsistency really just made me upset during that job. I never really had any other uh, crazy experiences working there. Um, what about you, Declan? Either of your jobs, I'm sure. <laughs> I've had yeah. some experiences. Tell me. Let's, um, let's hear about them. Most of the things that I've seen have been at Atomic. Okay. I've seen some crazy things at Atomic. <laughs> Uh-oh. I've seen people have seizures. I've had people throw up. I've seen people get their toes ran over on a go-kart track. I've seen... Uh, there was that one girl that had her so sad. Uh, she had her hair and part of her scalp like ripped out by the go kart wow. because her braid was just so long that it got caught in the axle. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen people. I've talked with so many people throughout my time working there because so many people come in all day long, all the way from as soon as we open. There's people lined up waiting to come in all the way until we close. 
It is it is a powerful experience. I've never seen so many police officers in my life either because they always come in just to patrol the area because at one time, I kid you not, there was like a 20-person fight. There was wow. two groups of friends, and they found each other. Like they weren't friends with each other, but uh, they got too close. One guy bumped into the other one. He turned around and said, do that again, I'll slap you. And he wasn't kidding. So they, they just jumped to it. See, that's what happens when you get a city like Paducah with, like, what, almost 27,000 people and just have one hangout spot like that. That's what, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Everybody knows everybody. Yep. So things happen like that. And honestly, it's really uh, entertaining. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I've also had to, I, I would just mess with people sometimes because I think it's funny, but while also doing my job. So I'd be, uh, I'd get everybody in their seatbelts. Right. For the for the go karts, and then after that, while I'd wait, wait, sorry, voice crack, have to pull open the the picks out of the lanes so that way I could let all the cars out. Mm-hmm. So while I would wait, I would talk to them, and of course I'd talk to them all through. But sometimes I'd mess with people and make sure that they're following all the regulations so no one gets hurt. <laughs> one time there was a girl and she had long hair, and it wasn't put up. And I'm like, do you have a hair tie? She said, uh, no, do I need one? My hair's not that long. I'm like, I don't know. Do you want your hair and scalp ripped out? <laughs> I mean, you're being real with her. It's like, hey. I don't want her to get hurt. I'm sorry if I have to be, uh, you know, not that kind yeah, to you her. Yeah, be blunt with it. So I, I think safety is more important. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think she'd want that to happen. Uh, but also, I also found it kind of amusing because sometimes there would be like a mom and a kid and they'd just come in, and there wouldn't be, a, a, like, any other people there for some reason. It just depends on the day. Mm-hmm. And the mom would be like, well, I don't really want to go in and play laser tag with you right now. Or I don't want to get on the track. I just want to record you. So then they'd be doing it all by themselves. So because of that, the managers would be like, all right, somebody go play laser tag. Oh, nice. So, so these little kids can have an experience. That's cool. And I would always volunteer. So I That's would always, really cool, for actually. half my job, I'm sitting there playing laser tag with some strange kid. That's actually pretty cool, though. It was also, it was really fun. Paid to play laser tag with a little kid. I mean, you probably made his day doing I something like did. that. Yeah. It was really fun. So I'd get to do stuff like that all the time. And the managers, there was a lot of tea. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot I've of heard, drama. Heard a lot about that. A lot of problems because they're new. You know, they just, mm-hmm. they're a bunch of people from this church that go to, go to church together. They had a, they had a vision, right, to make this place. <laughs> Jesus told them. That's why they, they play uh, K-Love all day long. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they w- didn't really have any managing experience, didn't really know what they were doing, but they had enough money and they had enough ideas and they put it together. So okay. props to them for being able to do that. Yeah, but that's really cool. Not great at managing though. Mm. Especially a ton of high schoolers. Yeah. So they had to work with it. They tried to figure everything out. I don't even know how it's going now since I I quit working there because of marching band. And I got in the way, so I couldn't really cooperate with that. Apparently, it's not going too great. I, I haven't heard anything good. Yeah. But um, I think they did try. They tried to give us some gratitude, and they tried to make us happy. You know, there's there were some times where. Uh, Caleb and I would just hang out and we'd be working so hard for no reason. They'd they'd let their friends come and ride go-karts over and over and over and over Mm. and over and over and over. So because of that, we'd get to have like Dippin' Dots or a drink at the end of the night for free. That's really cool. Um, 
if you don't mind me asking, Declan, what was your starting wage at Atomic? I think it was $8.50. Maybe it was $8.25. Okay. That's not bad. I mean, it's not bad to work with your friends, you know, but at the same time, it could have been more. Yeah. I think that at the time, I wasn't really in it for the money. Yeah. So it didn't matter. I was just in it for the experience and gaining that knowledge. The more you work with people. Eventually, I really started understanding how to work with people and how to talk to people. You know how to work with computers, give people what they want, mm-hmm. how to joke around, how to read people, because yeah. some people don't really want you to joke with them. Some oh, people yeah. think it's funny. Some people love it. Some people will yell at you for making a joke. Like it. Calm down. Yeah, it's crazy. You're <laughs> just here to ride go karts. Shut up. Yeah, like, <laughs> chill out. But uh, yeah, I'd say it was pretty crazy. There's one time. I don't know. A woman came in. She wasn't dressed really appropriately. She was dressed enough that we could let her come in, and she had a purse and two toddlers with her, and she was trying to ride go-karts with them, and we told her that she couldn't ride with the bag. It's, like, against our safety regulations. She's like, well, actually, I have to have this bag because – and she leans into my ear. She's like, I have a total of $5,000 in this purse. What? And I'm like – uh, okay, we can put it up front. You can watch it, or you can not ride go karts. Yeah, like you have and to. I'm sorry, like you have to follow the rules. Not my it, problem. You're carrying a bag with five thousand dollars. She it? opens the bag, shows me, and I kid you not, there's just stacks and stacks of cash in this bag. She's like, I'm running away from someone. I need this bag on me at all times. Oh, go get Susan. Susan is one of my managers. I'm like, how do you know Susan? But I didn't say that to her. I just brought her to the manager. And they talked it out, ended up just letting her slide. Wow. She was like, Declan, turn the other way and just let her ride with the bag. And I'm like, okay, you know what, whatever. So well, that I was hope a little she's sketchy. doing okay now. I mean, <laughs> that was super sketchy. Yeah. Some crazy things like that happened. I've also wow. seen some um, some issues where people will be like really, really, really enormous weight-wise and height-wise. And they right. won't be able to ride, but they'll try. And they'll have, like, seven people force them into the cart, and even more will have to help them get out of the cart. Oh, no. I've also seen a lot of wrecks. I've seen go-karts flip over the track. Oh, my I've God. seen go-karts hit tracks, like, on the corner so hard that they spark. Mm. I've seen people get whiplash. I've seen people um, slam on the brakes too hard or hit somebody so hard that it hurts their chest because of the seatbelt. And or that's that's just how it goes that the seatbelt's not set up right. So we try to watch it, but some people mess with their seatbelts after they get on the track, and we don't notice it. So, dang, people get hurt a lot. Wow. So one of my jobs at the time, but it, they changed their policy. But it used to be being a flagger. So I'd have to stand out on the middle of the track in front of everybody for a hot minute, just watching for anything going wrong. And there was often right. a lot of times where there'd be some kid crying, and I would catch it. And I'd have to stop the race and run out and make sure they're okay. And if they weren't, drive them off the track. I mean, when you're young, driving a go-kart like that, because you don't really have much, you know, you've never driven a car. I've seen five-year-olds drive go-karts at this place. <laughs> See, my little brother could whip one of those things easily. But, um, like, <laughs> it's, it's like you're going fast. Like, you're racing, like, full-grown adults as well. You have, like, a six-year-old kid and then, like, a full-grown adult. It, it's a big difference there. So, one of the key takeaways from um, having jobs in high school, I think for me, 
would be just time management, taking those time management skills, getting those, um, like that social anxiety, getting rid of that and just like working towards, you know, being an adult and like being treated with adults and working with adults. And it's just, it, it's a helpful transition into becoming an adult. Yeah, I think a lot of high schoolers forget that having a job in high school is sometimes not always about the money. Right. I mean, of course you need it at this time in your life for certain things, but really something that is even more valuable, like I said earlier, is something that's not tangible, and that is experience and knowledge in the workforce and really how you have to deal with people. Almost every job that you will have as a high schooler, and even not as a high schooler, deals with other people. You have to learn how to build communication and you have to learn how to build proper relationships with people that don't fail because business is business and not friendships. Because until this point, you've only talked to like your family adults and like other like high school or middle school kids. Like you've never really talked with adults other than like teachers. I mean, that's different though because they treat you like kids. They treat you like usually how you're, you know, how old you are. So I think just talking to people, I agree with you, Declan, and building those connections. You don't need the money as much at the moment, um, but just gaining those skills and then working your way up. Once you have those skills, you're set, right? Those don't really go away from you unless you're at home for like a couple of years because of another pandemic or something like that. But those skills don't go away with you and you can take that on to your everyday life. Right. I think that about sums up everything we have. Mm-hmm. Well, Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We will see you next week when we have another exciting episode for you. We're going to talk about some really cool topics, and I think you guys will really like it. Thank you, Declan, for coming on. No problem, muchacho.